0: You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com.
1: Good morning. It's good to be here today, and it is always a privilege to preach to my family. I've been here for since 2018 now, and uh, you folks have become very special to me, and I just want to just mention how much you mean to me, and your prayers and your care for me have meant the world. It is my privilege today to kick off the series, Writing History. And we want to say a special welcome to our friends in the Warming Center. We pray that something said today would encourage your heart and draw you uh, closer to Christ. You know, if we're followers of Christ, then we're trusting him to be the author of our story. The Bible tells us that he is the The uh, author and the completer. He is the originator and the completer of our faith. And when we allow God to take the pen and to guide our lives, he indeed writes a story that no one else ever could. In the Old Testament, there's a prophet. Uh, There's many prophets there, but one we want to mention today is the prophet Hosea and he has one of the most odd ministries that we have ever seen when we read the story of the prophets. In Hosea chapter 1, excuse me, in verse 2, it says this, "'When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, "'the Lord said to him, "'Go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her, "'for like an adulterous wife, "'this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord.' So he married Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. So God tells this prophet, I want you to go marry this woman that has a bad reputation. And later on in the story, we see where she runs off and goes back to the lifestyle she had before. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd have to really check my connection with God if that's what he said to me. Say, did I have too much pepperoni the night before? Am I dreaming something? Am I hearing something wrong? It feels like (coughs) it's a bad connection. You're breaking up. What did you say to me? How many would wave your hand and say, yeah, I'd I'd be questioning God on that one? Okay, three of you. I'm at the wrong church today. (laughs) How many of you would question God and say, what in the world are you asking me to do? But the key to that verse is in the middle. God says to Hosea, the purpose is to illustrate that the land of Israel have done the same things. They have adulterated themselves with other gods. His whole marriage at that point was to be an illustration to the land of Israel. This is what you've done. You're going to criticize me for marrying this woman of poor reputation, but you have made the choice to leave me as your God and go after these carved images if we zoom back to the book of Exodus, doesn't it say, you shall have no other gods before me? And yet they did. They chose something else. They were so influenced. Listen to me this morning. They were so influenced by the world around them that they had missed out on what God had for them. They were so influenced, somebody needs to hear this this morning, they are so influenced by the world around them and all the things that it had to offer that they were missing what God had for them. I imagine Hosea wasn't at all interested in this being a part of his story. I don't know about you, but I don't know that I'd be wanting to write a book and put it on Amazon about this, but there he was. But I don't see in the book of Hosea where he argued with God. His confidence was in God, and he was trusting God to write his story. You know, life presents us challenges. We face so many of these things in this world. And because the world is cursed by sin, that's why we endure those things. We deal with things like pain and heartache and disease, and struggle. Not that God is judging us, you know, you're facing this because I'm judging you, but the world is sin-cursed, it's right there in the scriptures. But no matter what challenge you face, the key is to trust God with your story. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm just out here trusting God. Oh, come on, elbow the neighbor next to you and say, come on, I'm just out here trusting God." There you go. When I was 17, I was diagnosed with a heart murmur. It was functional. I had no restrictions. Fast forward to the end of 2020, when I went back to being a hospice chaplain full time. I went to the doctor for a checkup, as you should do once you pass the big 5-0. How far past I am is none of your business. And when she got the stethoscope near to my chest, she said, holy cow, I can hear that heart murmur before the thing gets to your chest. And she said, that murmur is so loud. And all of a sudden, she's like, we've got to send you to a cardiologist. Turns out that my valve, the valve has strings on it and two of them had ruptured. So it was really not doing a whole lot in there. And fast forward, I ended up at Cleveland Clinic And had my heart valve repaired. And things were going amazing. The surgery went well. I mean, there's always hiccups, right? Surgery went well. I was home. I was doing my cardiac rehab. I'm like, life is good. For the first time in my life, I don't feel my heart beating. If you ever have been in that place where you constantly feel your heart beat, I wasn't feeling it beat anymore. It was wonderful. And things were going great. And I was walking up the street with my cane every day. Everything was amazing until April 28th. And April 28th of last year, I didn't feel like going out walking that day. Just, just was tired. And later on that evening, I said to my wife, the words that will forever echo. I said, "Something's not right." I'm sorry. Something's not right. I got into the car. She drove me to Forbes Hospital. We turned left, at right out of the triage room, and that's the last thing that I remember for two weeks. I woke up two weeks later in a different hospital. I was intubated. I was looking around and my parents were there. They live in Florida. And I looked at the wall calendar where if you're in, you work in a hospital, you know they write the name of the nurse and the aide and the date and I saw the date on there and it was May 14th and I had no idea what had happened to me. And I'm shocked and stunned realizing all this stuff in a microcosm of a minute. Later on I learned that I had developed because of the heart surgery I developed a massive pulmonary embolism. The entire Right pulmonary artery was blocked. They said that was the, the, it was a huge, huge clot, and I was minutes away from a massive heart attack or a stroke. They put me on a machine at Forbes called ECMO. You can look that up when you get home, not ELMO, <laughs> but ECMO, which is a last ditch effort to save somebody's life. Transported me to AGH at some point there because of all the the drugs and all that uh i developed a liver bleed and so they opened up my abdomen and packed my liver for two days and uh got that under control and so when i woke up i I was a a hot mess as you can imagine but due to my extended time in a medically induced coma and the ecmo and All of those things, some of the things that you see happening this morning are a result of that. I have nerve damage in my leg from the ECMO, that's why I limp. The doctors don't have a full explanation as to why my head shakes all the time or I have to word search when I'm tired. But can I tell you, this morning, that as I laid in AGH, I remember laying there after my family had left for the day, and I said these words in a whisper, because obviously when you have a tube down your throat, it's kind of hard to talk, but I whispered to God, I can't pray. And there's times in my life that I knew God spoke to me, and at that moment, It was clear as could be. He said, that's okay. I've got you. If I didn't know that, if I didn't know that God could carry me through, I would have never made it through the most horrific year of my life. But there was an overwhelming sense that God was with me in that hospital room. There were a few times that I was close to death But while I was in that coma, I remember seeing a verse. I was hallucinating like you wouldn't believe while I was in that coma. But I remember a verse from the Old Testament says, I shall not die, but live and give God glory. So this morning, this isn't about my story. This is about his story that he has for me. I don't know what your story is this morning. I don't know the path that you have walked. I don't know the difficulties you have faced. It could be financial. It could be in your family. It could be with your health. I don't know what those are. But I do know this, that faithful is he who started it. He will also complete it. You may not like the trajectory that your life has turned, but when God alters your trajectory, I can tell you this, that he has your best interest at heart. I remember reading in the, Old Testament, in the New Testament where Paul begged God three times, please take this thorn in the flesh from me and God said no. Sometimes when God says no, we don't get it. And I ask God, said, God, you know, why do I have to deal with this? And he didn't answer me at all, but he steered me back to that story. He said, you know, I may not remove that, but I'll tell you this, my grace is sufficient to carry you through. And I said, that's enough for me. Whatever it looks like, if I have to limp for the rest of my life, but have a touch of God on my life, I'll limp until I lay down for the last time. I got off script a little bit. I'm sorry. One of these things that has just been so real to me is the scripture that says, and he will give you peace that goes beyond your ability to comprehend. Why should I have peace? Why should I be okay with? Because he gives it. I can't explain it. You know, why do you laugh? Why do you joke? Because I could sit there and be miserable. You know, hey, let's just swap our problems. You know, we could all get an Eeyore spirit in here. Yeah. Nobody knows the troubles I've seen. No. Oh, let's just have a gripe. So, you know, I could do that. But you know what? This morning, I may not be able to run, but I'm alive. I may not be able to do some of the things I used to do, but man, I can still lift my hands and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. When I sit down from preaching this sermon, I'm going to tremor like you wouldn't believe until I get some sugar in me, but I don't care because God is still God. God is on the throne, and he understands, and I'm telling you that this morning that no matter what you face or you go through, God can and will be with you if you'll just trust him with your story. Can you say amen? Amen. His book isn't finished yet. This is just a chapter in my story. I don't know what the next chapter has, but I'm all kinds of excited about it. I don't know what he's going to write in the future. I have an idea what he's writing now, but he's writing something. You have to acknowledge that chapter happened. You may be failed. You may be messed up. You may have walked the wrong direction. You may have made some poor decisions. But can I tell you, the book is not finished. Trust him with the pen. Quit trying to write your own story. Because how many have ever made a mess of something? Twelve of you. (laughs) Are you sure I was supposed to preach here this morning? Twelve people messed up. The rest of you are living in sinless perfection. Maybe you can help me because I'm not. Come on. (laughs) You know, difficult chapters happen. The death of a loved one, sickness, hurt, job loss, financial struggle, relationship issues. But this is just a chapter. Chapter. Don't make this chapter the whole book. And if you trust God with your story, I love the scripture that says this, that he gives beauty for ashes. When we think of ashes, we think of something filthy and dirty, and he can take the ashes and turn it into something amazing and beautiful. What does he want to do with your story? Hosea's story let's go back to that in Hosea chapter 3 the Lord speaks to Hosea and he says this go show your love to your wife again though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress love her as the Lord loves the Israelites though they turn to other gods and they love the sacred raisin cakes sounds like she was a bit of a fruitcake sorry I couldn't resist that one So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer about a, uh, boy, I can't even read that, a lethek of barley. Then I told her, you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or intimate with any other man, and I will behave the same towards you. That scripture alone will preach, and I should be sitting down, but I can't. I wish you could grasp the fullness of the love of God. And he illustrated through the prophet Hosea when he said, go get her. And he went and found her. And he paid a price for her to bring him back to himself. Oh, Gary and Amanda, I could preach on that this morning. The price that Jesus Christ paid when he went to the cross. We celebrated that this morning in taking of Holy Communion. The price that he paid for us. He came to where we are. We didn't have to get to him. We didn't have to earn our way to him. We didn't have to be good enough to get to him. But he came to us. He came to us and he said, I'm willing to pay a price for you if you'll just give me the pen. I will write a story for you that you could never imagine. This dear sister this morning living on the street and the chapters of her life prior to to this time were difficult but God said, I got another plan for her. And he picked up the pen and he began to write and she let him. And the change in her life because she just gave the pen to God to write her story. Mm. God's love goes beyond what we can understand. So what about your story? Are you willing to let God move you beyond the chapter that you're in right now? Do you believe that he can turn your story around i'm too old i'm too messed up i made too many mistakes i can't change you know what god hears your excuses and he said you ain't seen nothing yet i can do such amazing things with your life if you trust me that's what god did in the church of corinth in second corinthians chapter three he says this and are we beginning to praise ourselves again Some people need letters that speak well of them. Do we need those kinds of letters, either from you or to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter. You are written in our hearts. Everyone knows you and reads you. You make it clear that you are a letter from Christ. You are the result of our work from God. You are a letter written not with ink, but in the spirit of the living God. You are a letter not written on tablets made out of stone, but on human hearts, Corinth, at some point, said, "You know, the church in Corinth said, you know what, we're tired of writing our own story because we really have messed it up. If you read 1 Corinthians, they were a messed up church. And at some point along the way, they said, God, here's the pen because we've tried and we've messed up, but we're just going to give it to you. And he says, your letter is so powerful, we don't need a letter of recommendation. We know your story, and wow, wow, wow. It is not just something we've read, but it's something written right here written on our hearts that letter we're still reading today after all these years i can tell you that after preaching today i'm probably going to go home and sleep for a couple hours Uh, i will be completely exhausted but i'm going to tell you this morning I'm just out here trusting God. Hebrews 12 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing attaching our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the originator, and the perfecter, or the completer of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Stop just right there for a minute. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I wonder if for Jesus that was a part of his story. I don't have to wonder. I go back to the Garden of Gethsemane where it says he, he, he cried and he prayed so much that he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. And he said, if it's possible, another way, hey, can we let that happen? That'd be cool, God. Nobody's ever prayed that way in this place, have you? Hey, if there's another way... You know, I mean, if I could go back to before this whole thing happened, I said, you know, God, that, that really isn't the best way to kind of, you know, I don't, I'm not really kind of liking the whole idea of wearing a hospital gown and all that kind of stuff. Can we do it another way? But Jesus, see, the real battle wasn't the cross. The real battle was in Gethsemane. He said, if there's any other way, and then he made a powerful statement. He said, nevertheless, not my will. but yours be done. Are you willing to trust God enough with your life to let him write whatever he wants? God's not a cruel God. Well, you know, he put you through this. No, you know what? Sickness is a part of this world we live in. You know what? It happened. This happened. Okay. So God, give beauty for ashes. I trust you. I've been through enough. I've walked through enough to know that he's enough. Amen? So maybe you're here this morning and you're dealing with some difficulties in your life. You're facing things you don't understand. You're dealing with pain or struggle because we can all smile at one another in this place. And say, Have a good day. God bless you. Nobody's ever done that. You're all looking at me so righteous this morning. <laughs> How many would be honest enough to say that you have smiled and shaken people's hands and said, God bless you, and you are dying on the inside as you walk out of church? Look at that. All over the place. There are times that I have preached over the course of my ministry. I've been in ministry almost 30 years. There are times that I've have gotten up and preached, and been completely broken inside. And if I didn't know the one who had the pen of my life, I'd have given up a long time ago. But faithful is he. Faithful is he who started a good work. He's going to write the last chapter. And guess what? We win. Amen? As we wrap up today, I want us to do something right where you are. If you want to trust God with your life in that way, and I want to assure you that I'm not just up here preaching and saying nice things and I don't live this. Anybody who knows me personally knows some of the pain that I have been through. And while I have moments that are bigger struggles than others, they can tell you that indeed I am living what I'm preaching. If you say, I want to trust God with my life, I've got a mess that he needs to clean up. I've got some pain in my life that I need to let go of. I've got issues that I need to trust him with, and you want to do that this morning. I'm going to just ask you to lift your hand right where you are. Just lift your hand. Don't be embarrassed. You know what? I, I could use some prayer too. Come on. Right where you are, lift your hand. And if you're around them, would you mind just, just putting a hand on their shoulder or something? and praying for them, and we're going to pray together. There's power in agreement. The Bible says one will put 1,000 to flight. And you think two would put 2,000, but no, the Bible says two will put 10,000 to flight. The Bible says if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He says he will give grace that's sufficient. That's not the best translation of that word. It is grace that is more than enough for you. So I don't know what you're facing this morning. I don't know your struggle, but I know a God who's begging you to give him the pen and let him take care of it. So let's pray this morning and believe that God's going to do it. Father, for every hand that was lifted in this place, for every hand that was lifted in the warming shelter this morning, for every hand in the homes and different places that people may be watching this, Lord, we trust you today lord whatever our story is at this moment we know that it is not complete yet we don't know what you want to write but we choose to trust you today that you've got this that we're just out here trusting you as your apostle peter said where else would we go You are our source of hope. You are our source of strength. You are our provider. You are our help. You are the one who gives grace and mercy and love and peace and joy. Father, we trust you today with our lives. We give you the pen in the powerful, mighty, awesome name of Jesus we pray. And all God's people said, Amen.